Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. In October of 2018, Google released a language model algorithm called BERT. It was Google's first language model that was self-taught on a massive volume of online data. But it still struggled with one thing. That's next. Quantum Magazine is an editorially independent online publication supported by the Simons Foundation to enhance public understanding of science. When Google released BERT, Nora Kastner, a language model researcher, quickly loaded it on her laptop. Like her peers, Kastner was impressed that BERT could complete users' sentences and answer simple questions. It seemed as if the Large Language Model, or LLM, could read text at least as well as a human. But Kastner, who at the time was a graduate student at Ludwig Maximilian University of Munich, remained skeptical. She felt LLMs should understand what their answers mean and what they don't mean. It's one thing to know that a bird can fly. Kastner says a model should automatically also know that the negated statement, a bird cannot fly, is false. But when she and her advisor, Henrik Schutze, tested BERT and two other LLMs in 2019, they found that the models behaved as if words like not were invisible. Since then, LLMs have skyrocketed in size and ability. Ding Chao leads the Safe Artificial Intelligence Lab at Carnegie Mellon University. The algorithm itself is still similar to what we have before. However, the scale and the performance is really astonishing. But while chatbots have improved their human-like performances, they still have trouble with negation. They know what it means if a bird can't fly, but they collapse when confronted with more complicated logic involving words like not, which is trivial to a human. These models work better than ever before, but then they struggle with something so seemingly simple. Recent studies have finally started to explain the difficulties and what programmers can do to get around them. But researchers still don't understand whether machines will ever truly know the word no. It's hard to coax a computer into reading and writing like a human. Machines excel at storing lots of data and blasting through complex calculations, so developers build LLMs as neural networks. They're statistical models that assess how objects, like words in this case, relate to one another. Each linguistic relationship carries some weight, which is fine-tuned during training. That weight codifies the relationship's strength. For example, rat relates more to rodent than pizza, even if some rats have been known to enjoy a good slice. In the same way that your smartphone's keyboard learns that you follow good with morning, LLMs sequentially predict the next word in a block of text. The bigger the dataset used to train them, the better the predictions. And as the amount of data used to train the models has increased enormously, dozens of emergent behaviors have bubbled up. For example, chatbots have learned style, syntax, and tone all on their own. Kathleen Carley is a computer scientist at Carnegie Mellon. Each year, these things are getting better and better. So like an early problem was that they completely could not detect emotional language at all. 
and now they can, for example. They don't always get it right, but they're getting better at that all the time. Carly uses LLMs for sentiment analysis, which is all about extracting emotional language from large data sets. It's an approach used for things like mining social media for opinions. So new models should get the right answers more reliably. Here's Carly. It's almost like we're translating it, where we're taking one set of stuff and translating or transforming it into another set of stuff. But we're not applying reasoning. We're just applying like a mathematical change. It's like they were going to say what color are flowers in the spring. What it would do is it goes out and says, I've already been trained on colors. I've already been trained on spring. But I'm going to take paragraphs on all of those and kind of blend them together to answer that question. Unsurprisingly, experts are finding gaps where these models diverge from how humans read. Unlike humans, LLMs process language by turning it into math. This helps them excel at generating text by predicting likely combinations of text, but it comes at a cost. Allison Edinger is a computational linguist at the University of Chicago. The problem is that the task of prediction is not equivalent to the task of understanding, and so you can see divergences between things that are perfectly sensible for prediction and things that actually capture an understanding of the meaning. Like Kastner, Edinger tests how language models fare on tasks that seem easy to humans. In 2019, Edinger tested BERT with diagnostics pulled from experiments designed to test human language ability. The model's abilities weren't consistent. Let's take the following passage. He caught the pass and scored another touchdown. There was nothing he enjoyed more than a good game of blank. In this case, Bert correctly predicted football for the blank. The snow had piled up on the drive so high that they couldn't get the car out. When Albert woke up, his father handed him a blank. Here, Bert guessed note, letter, and even gun for the blank, all incorrect. When it came to negation, Bert consistently struggled. A robin is not a blank. On this, Bert predicted the blank to be robin and bird, both wrong. On the one hand, it's a reasonable mistake. Here's Edinger. With language models, what they need to do is they need to try to fit the distribution of the data as effectively as possible. And so they're going to pick up on cues and strategies and heuristics that across a maximum number of contexts and training are effective for prediction. To take the robin is not a bird example, in very many contexts, robin and bird are going to be predictive of one another because they're probably going to co-occur very frequently. And so in general, this is going to be a very good rule for aiding prediction, for helping to increase the certainty about what is going to come next or what else might occur in this context. Still, any human can see it's wrong. By 2023, OpenAI's ChatGPT and Google's bot, Bard, had improved enough to predict that Albert's father had handed him a shovel instead of a gun when the snow piled up. Again, this was likely the result of increased and improved data, which allowed for better mathematical predictions. But the concept of negation still tripped up the chatbots. Consider the prompt... What animals don't have paws or lay eggs, but have wings? Bard replied, no animals. ChatGPT correctly replied bats, but also included flying squirrels and flying lemurs, which don't have wings. Edinger says, in general, negation failures tended to be fairly consistent as models got larger. 
but general world knowledge doesn't help with the negation items. The obvious question becomes, why don't the phrases do not or is not simply prompt the machine to ignore the best predictions from do and is? That failure is not an accident. Negations like not, never, and none are known as stop words, which are functional rather than descriptive. Compare them to words like bird and rat that have clear meanings. In contrast, stop words don't add content of their own. Other examples include a, the, and with. Nixing every a and so on makes it easier to analyze a text's descriptive content. You don't lose meaning by dropping every the, but processes used in some older specialist models sweep out negations as well, effectively ignoring them. So why can't LLMs just learn what stop words mean? Negations matter to us because we're equipped to grasp what those words do, but models learn meaning from mathematical weights. Rose appears often with flower, red, and smell. And it's impossible to learn what not is this way. Castor says the training data is also to blame, and more of it won't necessarily solve the problem. Models mainly train on affirmative sentences because that's how people communicate most effectively. If you're born a certain date, you say you're born on that date, which is an affirmative statement. You don't pick another date and say you weren't born then. This lack of negative statements undermines a model's training. If more training data isn't the solution, what might work? Clues come from an analysis posted to archive.org in March, where MJ Jang and Thomas Lekasevich, computer scientists at the University of Oxford, tested ChatGPT's negation skills. They found that ChatGPT was better at negation than earlier LLMs, even though the way LLMs learned remained unchanged. Jang believes the secret weapon was human feedback. It is quite surprising results and showing the power of involving humans in the learning paradigm. They can make a model more act like humans. The chat GPT algorithm had been fine-tuned with human-in-the-loop learning, where people validate responses and suggest improvements. So when users noticed ChatGPT floundering with simple negation, they reported that poor performance, allowing the algorithm to eventually get it right. John Schulman, a developer of ChatGPT, described in a recent lecture how human feedback was also key to another improvement, getting ChatGPT to respond, I don't know, when confused by a prompt, such as one involving negation. Schulman explained that being able to abstain from answering is very important. Sometimes, I don't know, is the answer. Yet even this approach leaves gaps. When Kastner prompted ChatGPT with, Alice is not born in Germany, is Alice born in Hamburg? The bot still replied that it didn't know. She also noticed it fumbling with double negatives, like, Alice does not know that she does not know the painter of the Mona Lisa. Here's Lukasevich. It's not a problem that is naturally solved by the way learning works in language models, but so the important thing is to find ways how to solve that. One option is to add an extra layer of language processing to negation. Izuna Akpala, a doctoral candidate at the University of Cincinnati who works on perception analysis, developed one such algorithm for sentiment analysis. 
His team's paper, posted on archive.org in February, describes applying a library called Word Hoard to catch and capture negation words like not and antonyms in general. It's a simple algorithm that researchers can plug into their own tools and language models. When Akpala combined his code and word hoard with three common sentiment analyzers, they all improved in accuracy in extracting opinions, the best one by 35%. Another option is to modify the training data. When working with BERT, Kastner used texts with an equal number of affirmative and negated statements. The approach helped boost performance in simple cases where antonyms like bad could replace negations like not good. But this is not a perfect fix, since not good doesn't always mean bad. The space of what's not is simply too big for machines to sift through. Finally, since LLMs have surprised us with their abilities before, it's possible even larger models with even more training will eventually learn to handle negation on their own. Jang and Lukasiewicz are hopeful that diverse training data beyond just words will help. Here's Lukasiewicz again. Language is not only described by text alone, but language describes anything, right? Vision, audio... If you have multimodality and text, that could help. Some people say that it's actually the body perception that those systems are missing currently, and that helps humans a lot in the meaning of language. OpenAI's new GPT-4 integrates text, audio, and visuals, making it reportedly the largest multimodal LLM to date. But while these techniques, together with greater processing and data, might lead to chatbots that can master negation, most researchers remain skeptical. You remember computational linguist Alison Ediger. We can imagine a world in which actually understanding language is very helpful for prediction also, such that models would end up learning to understand language as a byproduct of needing to predict language. This is the basic hope of using language modeling to try to learn natural language understanding. But we can't actually guarantee that that will happen since we're just hoping that it will sort of emerge as a byproduct of trying to learn to predict things. Edinger suspects it'll require a fundamental shift, moving language models away from their current objective of predicting words. Human children, when they're learning language, they're not fundamentally trying to predict the language. That's not the basic operation that they're doing during learning. What they're trying to do is math from those language inputs to some sort of conceptual representation, some sort of meaning, right? And they're making judgments like, is this true? Is this not true about the world? How do I say something that is true about the world? If an LLM could separate true from false this way, it would open the possibilities dramatically. Izuna Akpala says the negation problem might go away when the LLM models have a closer resemblance to humans. Of course, this might just be switching one problem for another. Here's computer scientist Kathleen Carley. We need better theories of how humans recognize meaning and how people interpret text. There's just a lot less money put into understanding how people think than there is to making better algorithms. And dissecting how LLMs fail is getting harder, too. State-of-the-art models aren't as transparent as they used to be. 
so researchers evaluate them based on inputs and outputs rather than on what happens in the middle. So what progress we've seen isn't even well understood. And language model researcher Nora Kastner suspects that the rate of improvement will slow in the future. Still, she says she would have never imagined the breakthroughs and gains we've seen in such a short amount of time. Arlene Santana helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Max G. Levy's full article, Chatbots Don't Know What Stuff Isn't, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Explore math mysteries in the quanta book, The Prime Number Conspiracy, published by the MIT Press. Available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore. Also, make sure to tell your friends about the Quanta Magazine Science Podcast and give us a positive review or follow where you listen. It helps people find this podcast. Thank <laughs> you.